0: You're listening to the Homegrown Faith podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend Richard Sweatman about God, the Bible, and life lived, growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle.
1: Joe Clark, how are you today?
0: I am well, thank you, Richard. How about you? You've yeah. been um, deep frying.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I thought uh, I. I don't know if I've shared this with you, Joe, but I've become a more confident deep fryer over the last few years.
0: <laughs> Here's the question uh, Have yeah. you jumped on the air deep? Is that the same as air frying no, that I'm seeing? Everyone's getting an air fryer?
1: Different to air frying. I've got nothing against air um, frying, but I do have okay. something against taking up more bench or cupboard space in my kitchen, of which there is.
0: <laughs> so, deep frying and air frying are different. What is deep frying?
1: Oh, well, deep frying is. Um, just uh, cooking, submerging the food in very hot oil, so it's deep. Uh, it's going deep into the oil, uh, <laughs> and, and the uh, oil is
0: going deep into the item. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, maybe, maybe not. But, uh,
0: <laughs> Sorry, continue.
1: The uh, it's uh, it's good fun. So uh, yeah, last uh, weekend I cooked uh, Heston Blumenthal's triple cooked. Uh, chips fries Uh, and that that was a lot of fun Um, I don't know if I'll do it again but uh, it involves cutting up the potato boiling them gently until they're almost falling apart drying them off putting them in the freezer for an hour to decrease the moisture then cooking them in a wok full of uh, of oil at 130 degrees until Uh they crisp up a little bit then draining back into the freezer uh, for another hour and then coming out again for a 180 degrees deep fry for about seven <gasps> minutes until they kind of brown up. <laughs> and uh, they have super crisp, beautiful uh, chips. So,
0: wow! Uh,
1: yeah, deep frying is, a, is a, it's an interesting hobby, but it's, it's, but it's fun.
0: My sense of it would be, just listening to that, that you are at high risk of getting that oil burn on your skin. Is that the main – Is it or is it getting the temperature right? What's the challenge in it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a bit frightening, like a vat of uh, a wok full of 180-degree oil. You do not want that going on your skin. Um, so uh, I don't let the kids in the kitchen. Uh, I will sometimes wear a bit of protective clothing. I sort of <laughs> Get
0: your PPE on. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm kind of dropping things in the oil with tongs or from a distance or something so there's no splash. But I'm probably getting a bit more casual the more I've done it. But um, yeah... The, the, the It really just instantly um, boils and steams. You know, if if you drop a chip in there, or a or a battered prawn, or, um, wow. or whatever, whatever else you might be, a uh, piece of chicken, whatever you're deep frying. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh,
0: yeah. Good okay, time. is it? And getting it out that would seem to me to be the riskiest moment, right? Because you're going in rather than just kind of being able to lob it in there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, You've no. got to go in
0: and get them out again.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad because there's not so much of a splash. So you just sort of okay. pour it out with some tongs, drain it on a little strainer. Okay, okay and, right. Uh, oh. Then then, um, yeah, then you've got it for the oil, you've got to let it cool and uh, overnight and then just I uh, tip it into some jars and reuse it in a few weeks' time.
0: No. Yeah.
1: Well, I it's oh. been sterilised. It's You know, nothing's going to grow there at 180 degrees. So, um, wow. Uh yeah, so uh, if you ever want to have any deep frying questions, Joe, I'll help you out.
0: You're the expert and you've <laughs> done it with Heston Blumenthal's recipe as well, which is next level. Yeah. Were the chips, like, incredible?
1: They were. They were incredible. Okay. But, okay. Um, yeah, a lot of friends said, you know, Richard, you can get something pretty similar from KFC for $2. But uh, <laughs> they don't get it. They but it's
0: don't. what you do with it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that's my story. Yeah, what yeah. have you been up to, Joe?
0: Well, um, I was inspired. I think I saw this book and I thought, "Yep, yeah, I'm going to read it." Mm-hmm. Because i I'd, I'd been reading Jane Eyre, and I thought, "Okay, it's time to get into Emily Brontë." And so I started to read Wuthering Heights. Oh, really? And I just have—I'm giving a review. I'm only nine hours in. I've got three to go, yeah. and I say only because it. It feels like it's a long way to go yet before mm. this book can be redeemed in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's uh, of course written in the eighteen the late eighteen hundreds or I think yep. that's when it anyway. Uh, she's writing quite a, a gothic vibe. It's quite dark. It's got themes of child abandonment, family mm. conflict, empty love, scheming, revenge. Mm. Yes, it's all quite extreme mm. and. We've got this tortured character of Heathcliff, and my goodness, I read this in year nine at school, and I have forgotten that I did that because I think I must have just blocked it out. This, I will say for the book, she has wooed me into Im- imagining the pictures she's describing with her words in mm-hmm. a way that I'm really enjoying. Oh, so there's this one line where she's describing these dogs or hounds who, um, essentially attack the narrating voice of the story. So she's done quite a good job of creating this narrating voice. And there's just this little phrase, um, the dog snoozled its nose. And it just jumped out to me. I <laughs> snoozled. The dog snoozled its nose. I just thought, that's so that's what so a great. Fun. Word. Yeah. Yeah. Snoozled. And it just really these dogs were actually quite harsh characters. And then you have the contrast of it snoozling its nose t- to its um Owner yeah. Heathcliff, and yeah. I quite love that. But then, this is the best phrase I've heard so far from the book. And brace yourself, because imagine being th- someone writing this about you. So it's about Joseph, this quite rough northern servant who who works at Wuthering Heights, the the the, the house. He was and is yet most likely the wearisomest self righteous Pharisee that ever ransacked a Bible to rake the promises to himself. And fling the curses to his neighbours. <laughs> wow, what a great <laughs> line! The wearisomest, self-righteous Pharisee. I was, I was radiant thinking, wow, she has captured, because the character really does that. He he mm-hmm. takes, um, what we wonder if whether it's a real faith or not, um, and he just. I, we, I can't see fruit in it in how he con- he conducts himself in the story, but mm. he just is so harsh, and she captures that in just two sentences, mm. or one sentence yeah. really. Um, yeah. Have you read it?
1: I have, like you. I think I read it in year ten or eleven or something. Yeah, um, I'm not
0: I'm not winning hearts for reading, it, <laughs> but I know that. But I am looking forward to finishing the book. I will say that, like I think it, I don't want to stop. I'm really I'm quite engaged. Yeah, yeah. but I don't like it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm impressed by your uh, perseverance there, Joe. Well done.
0: <laughs> it's being read to me as an audiobook by John, Jane Froggatt, who's a great voice actress, so oh, it's not helped. too hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and story. what have you been reading in the Bible, Richard?
1: Well, I have been uh, working slowly through Ecclesiastes chapter 1, mm. uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, Ecclesiastes I think, yeah, I quite read quite frequently, but um, often go to when I'm sort of, yeah, feeling a bit philosophical. That's sort of its mm. reputation. But, um, mm. yeah, particularly helpful in just setting this world in describing how it is. Uh, and so mm. I guess probably verses 1 and 2, the best place to start, there's the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labours at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. Mm. Now, um, that word meaningless, it's, in Ecclesiastes, it's always worth having a browse on Bible Gateway or wherever on how that word is translated because I think of all the verses in the Bible or the phrases in the Bible, that's one of the, with the most variety between versions. So, mm. it might have um, futility or vanity in different um, translations mm and uh i've looked into it a bit the word meaningless it's kind of literally the word vapor or mist Mm, mm. um and and particularly emphasizing the fleeting existence of a mist um Mm. i'll never forget a sermon some somebody gave once and they brought a little spray bottle and just sprayed some mist into the air to demonstrate and it was like oh yeah there's a mist and then it was gone and um, that was quite effective. So, I think mm. meaningless can maybe leave a little bit too negative a vibe. Um, yes. Vanity is a bit, oh, that's an old fashioned word. Um, yeah. Fleeting.
0: Fut- I like Fleeting.
1: That. Yeah. So. Um,
0: Sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say about futility? Oh, well,
1: yeah. Futility is not bad, also, but also a little bit negative. But um, mm. that's uh, oh, just a helpful thing in our approach to Ecclesiastes. Mm. And I think it um, it helps me to see that this is not about being a big downer it's just saying so much of our life is just temporary come and go mm. and I, I, I agree with that <laughs> so mm. um, it, uh, yeah it helps me so pastorally, it helps me not um, not get too attached to the things of this world or the
0: mm.
1: work of this world um, it's uh, it's pretty temporary
0: really mm. Such a powerful book, isn't it, Ecclesiastes? Because mm. it it's comforting and confronting at the same time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I find that I find that very confronting. That that it's so much of the things I labour so hard for <laughs> are so fleeting. But it's also comforting because I think, oh, that's right. Within God's scheme of how He understands this world and how He's made this world and His His scope of sovereignty. Mm my stuff is just so little and under his control yeah yeah
1: Mm. so you could take it in different ways but um that's uh my ecclesiastes reading i'll be probably sharing a bit more with the listeners over the coming Mm. uh weeks as we um yeah as i Mm. go through it Mm. uh and for you joe what are you um thinking about uh yeah at the moment
0: (sighs) well i've been reflecting so it's been we're heading up to having recorded a bunch of episodes of this now. And mm-hmm. I I had this weekend where I did quite a lot of reading of nonfiction books mm-hmm. and it made me realise that I have actually changed in becoming a reader of nonfiction books. And I thought I'd share with you and other people um, just what that's been like because yeah. 10 years ago if I was doing MTS, I was – Surrounded by people I really looked up to in my MTS cohort, but also, you know, plenty of Christians around me who were just readers and I did not perceive myself to be a reader. And it was a deep insecurity of mine. I would, people would start talking about what they're reading and I would feel embarrassed and just go quiet, which anyone who knows me, that's not <laughs> how usually I conduct myself. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, for a, a long time, I felt that that was a real weakness in my character Mm-hmm rather than saying is it probably there were elements of character weakness and needing to be disciplined and things like that but actually wanting it to be more a strength uh, a skill i should say that i would develop and just this weekend as i was reflecting on the podcast and reflecting on reading for fun on the weekend that i was like oh 10 years ago i wouldn't identify with the current me so some things that I've discovered over the years um, about becoming a reader, if someone is not a reader or wants to encourage someone else to be a reader, um, would be to say it doesn't really matter if you finish a book, but if you're trying to start reading, you should try to finish one book because you enjoy that feeling of momentum and finishing mm-hmm. something. Yeah, Do you good. enjoy the fi- feeling of finishing a book? Um, yeah, yeah. Do you but, like that feeling or not? Uh,
1: it's not uh, massive for me, so I'm, I've grown more comfortable yeah. with not finishing, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah, for certain books, yeah, there's uh, that sense of satisfaction of uh, finishing. So, particularly yeah. for short books, I think that's, yeah, great. Great to get to knock those yeah. off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think in some ways, if you're not a reader, you think I've failed if I haven't finished the book because everyone out there must be finishing the books they're reading uh, because they're talking about what they're reading. Whereas actually, I think in the world of reading, sometimes you finish your book or sometimes you don't. And I've come to realize that that's what a lot of people are actually just very comfortable with. So that's (laughs) what I've realized. So picking something easy to finish to start off with, but also being okay with not finishing a book, Um, not being afraid to to start with an audiobook, there's often lots of really high quality Christian books that are audiobooks, um, and so Audible or ChristianAudio.com, Audio, you can get a subscription, or you can even just do a free trial and start mm. to see if you like something. Yeah. Um, do you ever listen to audiobooks, or are you more exclusively a read, a reading uh, page? Uh, yeah,
1: I've I love the concept of audiobooks, but I'm purely That's books not- really. Yeah, I, I um, yeah, uh, I audiobook times I tend to. Uh, listen to a podcast but um
0: yeah 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 uh, um the other thing i've discovered that makes book reading fun and has helped me get into reading more and more is to talk about something you've read with someone Mm. it sounds so silly and so obvious but actually as soon as you talk about something you've read not about how you're reading but about something you've read and that becomes a conversation point. Suddenly, you're essentially having like a little book club experience and you're entering <laughs> into a world of people who naturally love reading. They do this all the time. They're, yeah. It's their hobby and they talk about what they're reading. And as I've become a more comfortable nonfiction book reader, I've realised, oh, there's great pleasure in conversation around reading, which is essentially what this – is what we're doing in our podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. What? How do you find having a good book reading conversation, Richard? What do you like to do when you're talking about books?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, just like you, I might ask someone, um, uh, what are you reading? Or, uh, you know, as friendly, non-judgmental way as I can. and um, Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, always curious. Um, mm. Sometimes take a note of what people are reading and uh, add it to yeah. m- sort of my list that I've got floating around somewhere. Yeah. Um, Interested in um, yeah, I love those questions of uh, how does this translate into real life?
0: Um, yeah.
1: So. Uh,
0: mm. Mm. just Interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, and I think as well, uh, final thing before we'll have to wrap up soon. But mm-hmm. um, some other things I've discovered is re- working out what kind of reader you are. So you mentioned to me that you're you like to de-stress when you read. Like it's a kind of is is that how, how do you describe it? It's almost like a it's relaxing for you to read.
1: It is right. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whereas for me, it's more like I want this to be useful time and I want to know something (laughs) out of this. Yeah. Um, Whereas I was looking at someone else, talking to someone else the other day about their reading and they like to know more, like they're consuming knowledge. It's Mm -hmm. like building and building and building and building on their knowledge. Yeah. And so working out why you're reading and that also helps, I think, understand yourself as a reader. A few other quick little things. Um, I have a book bag where I work at multiple books at a time. I just shamelessly don't try to finish books and just enjoy reading different books, which means I have bookmarks, which I never used to need. I have Pacer uh, or Pencil, and I write margin notes. So, I'm looking at a book I just read the other day, and I've got on the same page, yes, I agree in one column, or (laughs) I want to be this person in another place, and another part I've got, this is good, and I've tried to summarise the argument of the book on the page. Um, So- Because that helps me focus; otherwise, I get super distracted. Yeah, so it's a
1: great idea. I love that little tip. And you're not worried about you're not writing it for other people; you're just writing it for yourself.
0: That's right. Um, It does mean I did have one book where I don't share it with people because I think it's basically like a diary. (laughs) Oh no!
1: Pour out (laughs) your soul there. I'm like
0: maybe I don't want everyone to know that about myself. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, uh, yeah. So that's what I've been thinking about. I just want to. A word of encouragement to anyone who identifies themselves as not a book reader or if you hear someone who says to them says to you, I'm not a book reader, maybe you could just encourage them or listen to their journey and help them to take a step mm. towards becoming a learner and a reader. Because, we're Richard, you and I are on about active learning, aren't we?
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm. We, uh, mm. yep, we want to be so, learning each month, yeah. each
0: year. Yeah. Just because we think Christians are people who are, you know, taking seriously their brains and their hearts and seeing God grow them and, yeah, mm. we, we just love that idea, so. Yeah, thank you
1: so much, Joe. I really, yeah, love your insights. Yeah, your real life kind of uh, thinking about this one. So um,
0: yeah. yeah, thanks, bro. It. Alrighty, well, we better go.
1: Yeah, we're done. I'll talk to you next week.
0: Sounds good. See ya.
1: Bye.